Hello, 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 and welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable. It is season three, my friends. Sudden But Inevitable, of course, is the podcast dedicated to single-season sci-fi space western television shows that were canceled too soon. I mean, not specifically, but that's 90% of what we've covered, so welcome to Sudden But Inevitable. I, of course, am your host, Captain Bootscoot, a.k.a. Vanilla Husband, a.k.a. Jesse, and of course, with me, as always this week, is my very good friend and longtime co-host, Josh. Josh, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be back for season three and get this going oh man and also i don't mean to brag but in t-minus three hours and 19 minutes it is my birthday what it's gonna be your birthday that's so crazy it's so close to sudden but inevitable's birthday that's thematically perfect i love that yes. it's it's been almost exactly a year for us my friend and it has been almost exactly another year for you and as i have yeah. mentioned elsewhere on the network this week it has felt like at least 100 years. Now, really quickly, let's take a moment to say hello to all the very cool, good-looking people in our chat. That, of course, includes Callie D and our friend Yaboy Sways on Twitch. I just can't tell you, every single week there are people in chat waiting to hang out with us, and that means the world to Josh and I. Yeah. And Sudden But Inevitable would not be as much fun as it is without you, so thank you very much. Now, the other thing that makes Sudden But Inevitable so much fun, of course, is a little piece of the show that... Sadly, ain't with us right now. He's lost up in the snowy mountains. He's driving a dangerous road all alone. He's making his way slowly back to his home base, and that's Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. He ain't here right now, but we're thinking about you, son, and we can't wait to see your smiling face on that screen. He will be here at some point, we think. We're pretty sure. Um, what I said is not that much of an exaggeration. He's driving somewhere by himself. There was a car accident that he was not involved in, but it was in front of him on like a very narrow one-way road. So he's kind of stuck. And um, fingers crossed, we're waiting on Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D, folks. Yeah, driving through the mountains can be tricky already, especially after snow and then when there's an accident. Like, mm. yeah. So... He's uh he's in our he's in our thoughts and I cannot wait to see his shining smiling face. <laughs> and it's Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. So you know that he's just screaming at every person <laughs> on the road. Punching the ceiling like, is what he's Constant doing. <laughs> road rate. I mean, he may not make it back just because he will have destroyed the inside of his own vehicle by the time he gets you know <laughs> yeah. by the time he's able to drive to where he needs to be. Now of course. Thanks, Callie. Yay, and you boys. If win. we, <laughs> yes, happy, happy, happy birthday, Josh. Now, um, we we can't just leave it like that, though, right? We, it can't Correct. just be. Well, I mean, it could be, but we're not going to do that. We're professionals here. This is an award-winning podcast. Everybody knows that. <laughs> Another thing that everybody knows is the next person that I'm about to introduce. This is a very good friend of ours. He has been to Sudden But Inevitable before. Last time he was here, he introduced us to a very cool movie called Space Sweepers on Netflix. And of course, I am referring to Robert of the Science Fiction Remnant podcast. Robert, welcome back to Sudden But Inevitable. How are you doing, my friend? I'm really excited to be back. Thank you so much for inviting Yay. me. I am very I happy to, to have you, my bumpers up, the applause bumper, and the, damn it. And the air horns, and the, it's okay, it's okay, that's what post-production is for. There will be no air horns. So, we have... Well, I do it, because you won't, so if I do... 
Yeah. Yep. Welcome to the dynamic of our show, ladies and gentlemen. Um, also got to say hello to our wonderful friend, Sincera, in the chat. Hey, how are you doing, man? Fingers crossed for Ricky D. He says, I love Ricky D's smile as well. The the love, it just it does not stop here at Sudden But Inevitable. Now, Robert, you host Science Fiction Remnant podcast, which, of course, covers all kinds of science fiction. You guys talk anime, you talk live action, you guys do, uh, you've done korean space western movies all kinds of stuff like that um what are you guys doing at science fiction remnant currently that you can tell people about hmm we are talking about some oldie but goodies Ooh, i love me some oldies that's cryptic and um we're bringing some people over from other podcasts as well that sounds like an invitation, ladies and gentlemen. I think if you are interested in science fiction, you should follow Robert on Twitter at Sci-Fi Remnant and get in touch. Now, I have to say, gentlemen, new season means new show here at Sudden But Inevitable, okay? Josh and I recently spent some time together on a little podcast that we like to call Quest Me, and it's Woo. all about Disney Plus Star Wars series. It started with The Mandalorian. Last night we talked about The Book of Boba Fett, Episode 2. Uh, you can check that out on YouTube. You can get Quest Me wherever you get your podcast. It's not out in podcast form yet, but it will be very, very shortly. So and can just I just say, that episode was like probably one of my top three episodes of Quest Me. Like, it was so much fun. <laughs> and not it was a good time. It's Star Wars, but because there was a lot of other fun things that happened in that show. And uh, I'm excited to be doing that again for sure. So if you guys are into Star Wars, I know Sincera was there, and thank you so much for that. But if you guys are into that, we go, uh, we do a live show on Thursday nights for each uh, book of Boba Fett episode, and they, they get rowdy. They get a little rowdier than the Sun oh, Butt shows. So <laughs> yeah, little, I was um, watching back through that a little bit today at um, work, and I probably shouldn't have been doing that, but um, so. There are there is a lot of interesting dynamics between all the hosts in the Twist My Arm Network. Let's say it that way. And four of us were in one place last night. <laughs> so it, it, it was a good show. Josh is not exaggerating. Now, Quest Me, of course, was actually the genesis of Sudden But Inevitable. Because when we watched Mandalorian, Josh kept saying, I'd never seen Firefly. So we made him watch Firefly. And then we made him watch Cowboy Bebop. Now, <sighs> I'm sorry, this is hard for me to talk about still. The live-action Cowboy Bebop came out, and we were all very excited. Me chiefly, because I had just drugged my two friends through the original Cowboy Bebop so that I could have them watch live-action Cowboy Bebop with me and have a blast. Then, we managed to get hold of Codes to watch the first two episodes a couple of hours before they were released, and we watched them together in like this really cool online premiere event environment together, and it was like... I, you can go listen to the bonus episode that we did about that. It was a lot of fun. It was one of the first times that Josh, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D and I have all experienced a brand new thing at exactly the same time together for the first time. I think that's the first time ever that that had happened. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Less than three weeks later, the show was canceled, which in, like I feel terrible chiefly for all the people involved because a that's messed up it was less than three weeks like that's like just no insane chance. to me it it that's insane to me any sort of chance it's kind of got a firefly treatment i feel like it's like no nope. it's <laughs> the ex it is the 2021 version of a firefly thing 
it's and so immediately you know part of me was like well we only cover shows that got canceled or only had one season and we did a bonus episode on this is it our fault did we jinx the new cowboy bebop like i'm not superstitious usually (laughs) but then that happened and i got really upset and i had a moment where i was like you guys what do we do and immediately thankfully josh and ricky d came back with the answer to that which was we cover cowboy bebop (laughs) obviously it got canceled after one season so so i'm still in mourning so here we are it was like you know what even if even if it feels really gut-wrenchingly weird and bad to have to fit this in because it fits for that reason I am deeply grateful that we get to talk about this series because you know what? I'm going to spoil this right up front, you guys. I love the new Cowboy Bebop. I have had nothing but fun with the series and I have been enjoying myself all the way through. I, I, there hasn't been a moment. We'll get to it. There's going to be a whole podcast about it. <laughs> so season three of Sudden But Inevitable is live action Cowboy Bebop, ladies and gentlemen, and Emperors in the chat and listening out there in podcast land. Thank you so much for coming with us on this journey now if i said live action cowboy bebop and you went i don't like live action cowboy bebop i'm fine with that i mean you and i probably can't hang out together in real life but (laughs) i think that there's going to be something that you get out of this podcast because there are going to be people here that probably agree with you on a lot of stuff um there will also be people here that staunchly disagree with you on 99 percent of stuff so just be prepared and i feel like with all that out of the way, it, it's probably time that I ask Josh. Josh, what do you? Well, got? I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm just kind of agreeing with you that this was a little bit more of a controversial uh, show. I feel like, as far as the fan base goes, I mean, you look at Firefly and the Browncoats and like that immense, like, just love for that show, and then the original Cowboy Bebop, the same kind of thing for that. I mean. We got, you know, with the live action, there was there was a lot of a lot of blowback from. I would fans, say we got but... the exact same degree of unnecessary, whiny, misplaced vitriol about this. Like, I mean, seriously, like pe- I have seen every single angle of it. I have seen every version of the complaint. Like, it's not close enough to the anime. It's too close to the anime. I don't like the tone. Right. The tone is to this. Like, it looks like a cartoon. It doesn't look like enough like a cart. Like, are you kidding me with this stuff? And then I've can also just, had the can argument. Can you just enjoy of, it? Can you just not seriously? enjoy it? Is that is that what it is? People just can't enjoy things because this show was really good. I mean, I'm not a huge anime fan. That was the first time I saw Cowboy Bebop in season two of Sudden But Inevitable. But it was still a good show for what it was. You know, the the story was way different from the anime, obviously, but mm-hmm. it still came back around and and it was it was kind of made for a little more of a serial audience, you know, someone that wants to watch yeah. a continuous story, which I appreciate a lot. But, but then they didn't give us enough time to do that. Like right. This show is not designed to be binged the way that the 22-minute anime episodes are. Surprise. And then Netflix went, oh, people didn't binge it. What's going on? Like, okay, and by the way, I've also had the argument with somebody who was like, I'm not bagging on the show. I just haven't watched it. I'm just wondering, don't you think maybe they could have spent money somewhere else? I'm like, that is the, like, most absurd, like, what even is that argument? And no, I disagree. Like, I don't know. Also, just watch the show before you make any sort of opinion. 
What? I and feel like there's like, a lot of people that did that too. They're like, oh, it's a live action remake of an old anime. I'm not right. even going to watch it and I'm just automatically going to hate it because bleh. Yes. And I promise that we will slow down and talk about this show. I just have to get this out of the way. Yeah. I'm not yeah. sitting here saying that it's perfect, okay? Because it's not. But most things aren't. Nothing is. But I am sitting here saying people did not give this a proper chance. People did not try with this in some way or something. I know myriad people who have loved this series from start to finish. And I actually, I am not just saying this. I am literally going to bring this person on the show to prove it. I know somebody who likes the live action version of the show better than the anime, which <gasps> kind of blew, that blew my mind. Like I was not what? expecting that. Wow. But, but let's slow down a little bit and let's talk about this beautiful thing one episode at a time. We're going to get the synopsis for Cowboy Gospel, the first episode, but... Let me I ask do want to you, say Robert. One more thing. Go about ahead. About the cancellation, the uh, petition to get mm. it like back has now reached a hundred thousand votes or hundred thousand one hundred thousand signatures. Yes, it has. Now we are going to be putting the link to that petition in every episode's show notes this <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. Now, while I take a moment to breathe, Robert, my friend. I gotta ask you, man. What's your baseline for Cowboy Bebop? Did you watch the anime? Did you love it? What's what's what kind of Cowboy Bebop fan were you before the live action Cowboy Bebop dropped? Well, I can tell you, and and I think is no surprise if you follow me on Twitter. I am a huge fan of Cowboy Bebop, and I was, and I really, and I believe in some of my tweets. You could you could actually read how excited and scared I was really really excited and, and it makes me wonder if that's the reason why some people prefer not to watch it and comment about it or or have reservations on watching because it is historical where when they try to make a remake or something that we love anything it it's in the past you know i can name a couple of things here um they they have done a horrible job that being said i watched the entire thing and like you said, it's not perfect, but I am, I get so freaking excited every time I watch it. And I wonder when is that excitement going to wear off? Yeah. And who is looking at what is on this screen in front of them with this series and going, eh, like there's so much of it and it's in such a strange, like, mode like how even just the sheer weirdness of the thing like how are you not digging with that like um our friend angelus in the live chat says sounds like the same argument haters the same arguments haters for alita and yes. i feel alita did even better exactly. i have heard that repeatedly and i still have not seen alita it's on the list my friends it is on the list oh maybe we could watch it for this show after this season because I do keep hearing that that is an example of uh, of an adaptation done correctly. It's going to change um, your life. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, that's that's quite the claim, Robert. So <laughs> I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to force you to. Back I've said that, that up. to Jesse at least fifteen times, and I think it's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Logan's Run. Okay, all right. That, okay, one time <laughs> out of thirty-four years. <laughs> And did it change my life? No, but I mean, it was a fun movie. Like, um, I, I just, in, in case you can't tell, passions are running high here at Sudden But Inevitable um, for Cowboy Bebop yeah. this season. Um, so, okay, 
now that we've gotten all that out of the way, you guys, it's only been 18 minutes of show. Josh, if you don't mind, and I know that I can stall because you, you know me, I'll talk. I mean, we don't even need it, but if you wouldn't mind, bring up the synopsis for the first episode, mm-hmm. Cowboy Gospel, mm-hmm. and share it with us, my friend. After getting shortchanged on the fee for a bounty, Spike and Jet head to New Tijuana on the trail of another mark. But they're not the only ones. They're not the only ones. So I'll write a better one next week. I, I no, 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 that's that's perfect. <laughs> to me, that's perfect. Okay. Um, I let's let's spotlight this really quickly before we jump in. Our friend Sincera says, I was more afraid that I'd be watching a shot-for-shot live-action remake rather than fearing it wouldn't be a 10 out of 10. I love that point. It's well-constructed. Here's the thing that we have repeatedly tried to tell people. I I, I don't want to say we tried to cram this down people's throats, but um, it's a remix, right? Cowboy Bebop is all about the music. It's all about the feel. It's all about the style. This is a remix, Okay. Pure and simple. That's what you get if you ha- if you have to do more Cowboy Bebop, and you do have to do cow- more, more Cowboy Bebop. Remix. The the thing that a lot of people don't like about the Matrix, the new Matrix movie, right, is that it is very like self referential and like middle finger to some people and this that and the other thing. But one thing that I'll pull from that movie to talk about this is they said, hey, you know, our our powers that be are going to be making this with or without with or without us. And I feel like that's where Cowboy Bebop was at. Netflix was going, we're going to make this show. Okay, so get used to that fact. We are very lucky that they happened to get a team of people that really cared about the show they were making and loved what they were doing all the way through with the finest of detail and just wonderful, beautiful talent. And still, people were like, it's a Netflix adaptation. I don't like it. And... I don't know. The way they remixed it was for the American audience, and the American audience was the one that somehow managed to be so vocally negative and whiny and vitriolic. I just... Anyways. Let's talk about this opening scene. Robert. The opening scene in the Watanabe Casino. We've got the introduction to Spike. We've got the introduction to Jet. Talk about this scene. What do you love the most about this introduction scene in the very first episode of Live Cowboy Bebop, Robert? I would have to say two things. The first thing that I, and I don't know if you guys noticed, you probably did, because, you know, if you're as much a fan as I am, um, Watanabe Casino, that's a nod to the director of the original anime. Yep. And I was just like, oh. (laughs) Second, (laughs) it's typical Spike fashion how he walks in and just his introduction is perfect. He's walking in pretending he has no clue what's going on with his headphones on and the music and that music. By the way, I play that all the time. <laughs> yes. Oh, it's so good. It's just that, that harmonica. That's, mm, it's just so good. This episode all the way through. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No. So <laughs> I just got goosebumps. That, that was just the first episode. That intro, that right there, just walking outside the elevator and just acting like he normally does. <laughs> yeah, it was it was the the way that I think we felt about it was the tone was perfect, right? It's not shot for shot. There are some shots throughout this whole episode and series that are shot for shot, 
but they're placed in such a way that that's not where we're used to seeing them, or they've got a different context associated with, associated with them, that sort of a thing. So it's a very fun, again, remix. You're going to hear that word a lot. But we need to make a drop. Remix. <laughs> Spike. <laughs> Spike just feels like Spike. Yes. John M. F. Cho, gentlemen. I mean, this guy. Yes. This freaking guy. I, I, anybody who watched this series and went, he's too old for this part. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You can't what? tell how old. You can't <laughs> tell how old John Cho is. Get out of my face. He like, when great. we saw him with a hairdo for the first time, when they announced this thing, I can tell you, he delivered. Yeah. yeah. I was he, ready. He bought in. He bought in really hard. Like he really, you can tell he appreciated the original the source material you know because he to me he is spike like he's spike spiegel you know like i've i watch how i met your mother a lot because it's a comfort show and he's in one of those seasons and i was like oh my god Mm. it's spike and that show was made (laughs) years ago (laughs) and you know i have my reservations when they announced them i have my reservations uh, because of the stuff that i've seen in the past you know um what is that? That um, Harold and Kumar. Yeah, Harold Kumar. You know, and you know, I'm not saying he's not a he's a bad actor, um, but you know, watching him from those from that point of view, you know, I have okay, you know, and that's why that's partly the reason why I was kind of scared. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Um, I was kind of scared because I didn't know what to expect, and I saw him with a hairdo, and I'm like, you know, please, please. And after I saw that. Just those few minutes from that first episode, I was like, "That's it." I spike first, and you know, I'll bring this up here. The first picture that we saw was this, and I thought, you know, I I know we talked about it while we were podcasting about the anime and how awesome they looked. You know, they they got the look. They're they're playing the part really well. Yeah, in just those still photos that they first released back in like August or whatever. And for me. That's what I need, right? For the remix to work, the parts have to be there, but then they can do whatever they want with them. So it's like they built the perfect bebop. They mm-hmm. actually got an old boat and turned it into a set. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it the sets on this show are gorgeous. I yeah. I have oh yes. This is one of those moments where people are like, I don't like the way it was shot and the angles and the lighting, and I'm like. That's like my favorite part of this. It's so stylistic and like yeah. different. And that's that's what I love in the filmmaking aspect of, of like, you know, when you're trying to do something new, like this was new and it was awesome. Like I love those weird angles where it's like, you know, on an axis and I don't know. Just... I think Netflix really made an anime. It's going to sound... It's not going to sound right, but he made it. They made a live action anime. Yeah. Because when you look at it, it feels like you're watching anime. And 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 I know they have done this in the past, but this one in particular is it just very shocking the way that you yeah. see the, the the scenes. Well, I think it goes back to the way that the anime was drawn, like the the shots, quote unquote, in the anime, right? look like they're set up on an actual camera rig or they're in a physical space or they take the size of the camera into account, like that kind of a thing. Like it's shot very realistically. Mm -hmm. So the translation to me is 
pretty smooth. Like I feel like it just fits. And then the the pieces, like I said, the pieces are there, and they can just do whatever the, they want with the pieces. And brother, howdy, do they do whatever they want with the pieces in this series? Like, which I'm really grateful for. I'm glad that they did that because, as several of the people in our chat have said, and as we've all said before, we don't want shot for shot. Yeah. Now I feel like after this. Maybe some audience does want shot for shot. I don't know, but like, but I feel like this was the best possible thing that could have been made that was different. Yeah. It was the best possible remix, you know. Like, yes, you've seen stories get remixed before, and it's usually terrible. But yeah. it's it's because some crazy writer has some crazy idea that they think they can make the story better. Right. Whereas these writers i believe they went and talked to the original showrunners and stuff and kind of collaborated yeah. with them didn't they they had yeah so they had access to production notes from the original series and they i mean they had the original creator as a consultant now there you go he has since you know had interviews where he's like i don't know how much of my vision they're going to follow in this that and the other thing um but let me throw this out there nobody is disrespecting Watanabe by saying um, it doesn't actually matter what he thinks of this version. Like this isn't his version, and and that's okay. Like, this but in the is... deepest respect, like they did a good right. job taking his source material and turning it into something right. different. And they didn't have to. They could have just like treated it poorly. And I think a right. lot of people are claiming that they have, and they clearly have not. Like you can see the love that went into this. That the tiny, minute, impossibly cool details, like the voice actor um, photos on the fridge in the ship and just like all the little pieces that are from the show, but just perfectly rendered in live action. Well, and just... especially this episode as compared to the first episode of the anime, like they did a really good oh, job yeah. portraying this story with, you know, the, the drugs Asimov and, and the, oh man, it was, it was great. It was, again, it was so different in the way that they introduced characters and did things, but they still had those same pieces there that made made us fall in love with Cowboy Bebop in the beginning, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to address this because I feel like it needs to be addressed. Our very good friend, Sincera, oh, says, I love Vicious oh, and I love Alex Hassel's performance. But that wasn't a remix to Vicious. That was a disgrace to Vicious. I understand what you mean. I yes. understand what you mean. But here's the thing. I feel that his character was remixed for an American audience, and American audiences... I think, like to have an easy person to hate. So they were like, let's just make him easy to hate. He's the bad guy. You know, we'll give him some motivation later. Now, the thing I really like about Vicious is that in the original anime, and I'm not criticizing the original anime when I say this, I'm just saying, he sort of decides, I'm going to go crazy and kill everybody and start a war. In this, he at least has some semblance of a reason. Is it a good reason? No. Is he well put together? No. Is he a stable person? No. Am I cool with all that? Yes. Like I'm I'm totally fine with that. If he needs to be Americans uh, are lazy, a, Sincera says. If he needs to I don't disagree with Sincera <laughs> at all. But I feel like if you're making a show for a primarily American audience, there are things that you have to take into account. And and that's what I mean when I say like considering all of the BS surrounding what it would take to adapt Cowboy Bebop and knowing that Netflix was willing to push through that anyway, we are very lucky and we should be very grateful to have gotten the product that we did because they could have slapped this thing together in no time and it could have been awful. Now, I hear you out there going, hur, hur, hur. but 
go look at the show. Watch the show. The amount of detail and quality in it is higher than you're willing to admit. I guarantee that. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm saying it's better than you're willing to give it credit for. Most of you. Not Josh and Robert, because I know that you guys are cool. So, (laughs) (laughs) Now... This is primarily, I would say, a remix of, like Josh had mentioned, the first episode of the anime, Asteroid Blues. And that first um, intro scene is definitely from the Cowboy Bebop movie, whose title I don't use out of spite. So um, it's it's a good standard setting, right? They're going, look, it's not going to be the same. It's going to be same-ish, but it's going to be mixed differently. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of mix, what one element josh has to be perfect for a cowboy bebop remix to work well the music obviously thank you and my friend. that's one thing that was absolutely perfect throughout this entire oh, yes. series and it man they really drew you in in this first episode with that music you know and and it is it's that harmonica man they just they know how to how to work it and then i think when you first saw the the intro um and, and heard that song remixed. I mean, it's still pretty much the exact same song, just better sound. It's a little quality. different. Yeah. But like, you know, you hear it and you're like, oh, yes, this is wonderful. Like, it makes me want to go play it in my car really loud on a, on a better system, you know, <laughs> because oh, yeah. it's, man, it's just so good. And, and you can't, you can't get away from it the whole time. It's, we, you and I were watching the episode before we even started going through this or started the podcast and yeah. talking about how some of the music kind of matched up with the scenes and stuff and like some of the kicks and the punches and like mm-hmm. the, the different shots, the, the music would, would line up with it. And that is what makes Cowboy Bebop so awesome. You know, yeah, the writing is great. Yes. The acting is great, but like the music, the music is really, really what sucks you in. And me being a huge Star Wars fan, that's one thing that I loved back in the day was the music. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with it. Yeah. Um. Really quickly before we go anywhere, gentlemen, I have to say hello to Rona in the chat. Hey. Rona is uh, very important to us because she gave birth to Callie in the chat. Uh, so. Without Rona, our viewership would drop like twenty percent immediately, and that's uh, that's not good. And we love you, ladies. You are always here every week with us. They are usually the two first people in the chat. They usually make a comment before the show even starts, and we couldn't do sudden but inevitable the same way it gets done without them. So, thank you, Rona and Callie, for being here again. No relation to Ricky D of Best Flicks with Ricky D, which again should be here at some point. At He's some point. safe. He's just late and but it's not his fault. He might even um, just show up in the chat at some point, but we do have his true. shots and we do have uh, his other segments ready and lined up. Yeah. So. We got all kinds of stuff tonight, you guys. We Okay, really quick look behind the curtain. Um, You know Josh and I, okay? Um, we planned ahead this season. <laughs> some of the stuff is already done for next week. I'm Not a lot of it, but <laughs> I'm just, I'm saying, we've planned, we've made some plans this year, so... Um, New Year, same podcast, better production quality every single week. Now, I have to ask, Robert, if you could pick out one piece of this episode where you went, and, and let's not let's not say it was there he is, ladies and gentlemen, Ricky D might be <laughs> in be the chat. <laughs> that was like terrifying. Um, <laughs> if you could pick out one piece of this episode. After the intro theme tank, Robert, 
where you went, okay, I am here for live action Cowboy Bebop. This episode has me sold. Which scene would you say it was? First scene from 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 the get go. Mm. It's just that that initial fighting scene and seeing the chemistry between Spike and Jet. Yeah. And it's like, Spike, <laughs> we're supposed to taking them alive. And then Jet shoots that guy. It's like, uh, what are you saying about taking them alive? I was like, I'm so in. I am so <laughs> in. <laughs> it matches the comedic tone of the comedic parts of Cowboy Bebop. That's another thing. Let me just bring that up right quick. Are you jerks out there complaining like, oh, it's too, trying to be too funny. It's trying to be too Marvel-like. It's like, no, they're expanding on the humor that was already in the series. You know, like Spike, for example, trying to eat his dinner and realizing, oh, there's no meat in this bell peppers and beef. It's just bell peppers and noodles. Like, hey, Josh, is there beef just, there? Oh. Negative. <laughs> <laughs> just bell peppers. Wouldn't really call it bell peppers and beef then, would you? I just call it noodles. It's, but <laughs> for me, it's like those moments, right? The noodles moment that I knew it was, I knew I was here. I knew I was sold. The moment where Spike is training without no shirt on. And seriously, you're telling me that he's, you can tell that he's 50. You can't tell he's 50. I just, I mean, I knew that I was here for this. I just, I, there were so many points throughout this where I went, okay. This is this is where it is. I feel like the toning is perfect in every way. The drama is perfect. The noir is perfect. The humor is perfect. Anybody who thinks that this doesn't take itself seriously enough, seriously, go back and watch the anime. There's some goofy shit in the anime. <laughs> oh like, God, so much. I promise you. Like, and it's okay. <laughs> it's a good thing. Like, um, and and the other thing is, yes, the anime is amazing for what it did. It created its its own genre of space western bebop, right? Like they created, they literally created a new genre and they called their shot. You can go back and listen to season two. I do nothing but pour praise on the anime and I'm not here to detract from it. But you will also hear us say that there's not much original concepts in the anime. It's mostly stuff we've seen before, space westerns, spaceships, you know, um, bounty hunters, that kind of a thing. It's yeah. just all those things put with music that's really really cool and noir and you know drama imagery and things like that so i feel like an adaptation is in the dna of cowboy bebop in the first place so and knowing that this was gonna this is a swing that netflix was staunchly always going to take i am so happy that we got what we got and i'm so devastated that we are not getting more of what we got because I mean, especially I know, with, I know we'll talk about it later on in the season, but we got robbed real hard in this, yeah. in this whole series. Yeah. Like, and I don't, I'm, I'm not even going to talk about it now, but just some of the things that we kind of missed out on, um, that I was, that I personally was just so excited for to see. Right. Um, and I know that a lot of, I mean, a hundred thousand signatures will tell you that there was things that we missed out on. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it was pretty clear to me that and 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 if you listen to like if you if you listen to interviews with the creators of this show or read articles that they've done or, you know, for example, I don't know, maybe podcasts that they make, you will hear them talk about how much love there is for this show in in the creative on the creative side of it and um how excited they were about season 2. Like that is a a point that comes up a lot, and that just 
it hits me right in my heart every time because I'm like, having yeah. brought this show from a Firefly place, like, come on, mm-hmm. yeah, that's just that's just hard, you know. But mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I I'm I'm really hoping that a hundred thousand plus signatures. Maybe if it has to move to a different service, I don't know. Maybe maybe we could just get some sort of continuation of this story from these creators. I would love to see that if we can, and. I'm going to spend a good part of like my podcast advertising time, right? Where I push this show on people telling people to go sign that petition too. So I've signed it. It's yeah, we, I do. I think everybody on the show signed it pretty quickly. And then we've actually made quite a few friends on Twitter just by retweeting that and keeping that energy up because Mm -hmm. I feel like, especially in, you know, 2022 now it's the kind of environment where if enough people demand a thing, I I would hope somebody will go. Okay, let's let those people give us their money. Yeah, and I think that's one of the one of my goals of this season is to to just get people on board because you know if if you've watched the show and you liked it and you still haven't signed that petition, like get on board, do it because the more people do that, the more I mean all Netflix cares about is, is the, you know, the money aspect of it. And so if they see a hundred thousand, 200,000 people doing that, signing those petitions, they're going to realize that people actually want that. And for me, I, I really want to push that because I, I want to see another season of it. And I know that most people that are watching this show, most of the show runners, the actors, like they all want to see a season two as well. So it would be great if, if we could use this show as a, as a platform to kind of, get that yeah. going a hundred percent and operators are standing by josh go ahead and throw up that 800 number you know what folks we have no i'm totally playing we didn't we didn't <laughs> we like, didn't what? do a thing i just <laughs> i mean wouldn't that be funny though like if all of a sudden we were like actually this is a fundraising charity call-a-thon yeah um, I, I got <laughs> people standing by to take your <laughs> if there's a way to do that i'm probably willing to do that um but yeah so sinicera says i hit play on the show before i leave for work and uh, just to mess frack with the algorithm, I agree, dude. I, I it, Here's the thing. I've seen this first episode 15 times easily because yeah. every time I turn it on, I watch it a different way. Like, yeah. it's just there's so much in it. I have I have had this on while I wasn't watching it and just listened to the whole episode. It's the horn for me, you guys. The horn in, in the soundtrack, mostly at the spaceport which they just call the spaceport and the sign says space aeropuerto. Like (laughs) I love that in such a dumb way, like, but in a genuine real way and do not take it from me. Seriously. That's that's exactly what we would call it though. Like if we had it, we we have a space force. What do you think? We're not going to call it a spaceport. That's like star Wars (laughs) names over there. Come on. (laughs) I, what Angela said, I'm crossing my fingers. Yes, please. 100%. Lucifer TV series, which was also a Netflix, also got a Netflix graphic novel adaptation, was axed after the third season, and the fan base went ballistic. Went on to finish its sixth season as intended. Bebop fans should not lose hope. We will not, because we have our, a uh, wonderful couple of people on our team, one of them whom is Sincera, who is an engine of chaos. And... If it's going to take anything to get Cowboy Bebop back, I think it's going to be some very well-coordinated Bebop and Chaos. So we're glad to have you with us and Sarah on our side of the of the Bebop war. I don't want to say that. That sounds too aggressive. I don't want, to, I don't want this I'll to be an aggressive I'll say it. Hashtag show. Bebop war. <laughs> Give us no hashtag <laughs> save Cowboy Bebop. That's much more positive. So, 
gentlemen, I'm I'm sorry. This is turning into not a discussion of the TV show. Um, it's fine. This is a good introduction to the season. I feel we like. have <laughs> we have everybody here. We have Spike. We have Jet. The performances of John Cho and Mustafa Shakir are nothing short of amazing. We have Faye Valentine. Faye Valentine shows up in the first episode of this series. That is a very, very different than the way the original series went. She was maybe episode three, I think, episode four in the series. I think, I think it was episode three. three. Yeah. And I, I immediately I was like, oh, that's very different. And as soon as she started talking, I went, I'm so happy. I, I don't. <laughs> yeah. They can do whatever they want with these pieces. They have all of the pieces in place. Daniela Pineda is amazing. She is pitch perfect. She crushed it. She is the most, I think, realistic possible version of Faye. I have an adult crush on this Faye as much as I had a kid crush on the old, on the original Faye. You know what I mean? Like that's. I'm just gonna be real. Yeah. (laughs) Um. Hashtag adult crush. (laughs) Double crush. Yeah, I, Faye, I, I just, Faye makes it clear that no one has any soap, though. I mean, it's, it's true. I, the thing about Faye is that to me, she, she is the most realistic version that we could have of her because, yes, they could have hired a six and a half foot tall model that can't act, right? They could have done that, and they could have put her in an exact replica of the costume, but like. Who cares? Like, I, I would much rather have a Fae that can make me feel things. That, we're jumping ahead. I don't want to jump ahead. That's awesome. She's just a badass. Her, her, but her, her introduction, introduction is yeah. Yeah. incredible. She holds Spike at gunpoint and then yeah, has a little Hallie tussle with him. As, as soon as I was saying it, she typed yep. that up like, it's, we're in sync. <laughs> well, and, and, and yes, Sincera, um makes it clear that no one has enough soap to wash out their mouths. That was the thing. So... <laughs> that was the moment where you go, oh, this is this is how Cowboy Bebop is. I am so here for this. But I mean, think this about it. That's what the old Cowboy Bebop. Okay, that's what the old series wanted to be, right? Mm-hmm. It wanted to be an adult series, and it mm-hmm. was in a lot of ways, a hundred percent. But now they are they have fewer restrictions, man. Like they can show a lot more stuff now. I, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I really, I, I do understand that you know Faye being able to like handle a fight hand to hand with Spike is maybe not something that people were expecting and maybe people aren't okay with it because it was never in the show, but like, um, who cares? <laughs> like, why does that matter? Why should she not be able to remix? <laughs> and why should she not be able to fight? Like, yeah. Wh- why? Give me a good reason. Yeah. Like a good story reason. Like uh, there's no good story reason to go. Yeah, but she's really weak. So like, right. I'm, like get over it. It's fine. She can fight. Now, I like the little knife things. I like that she is sparring verbally and physically at the same time with him. I like that she is very standoffish, just like how when we met her the first time in the original series, she gets locked in a bathroom. She's just so like alive, right? And that's kind of the essence of Faye for me, right? She's she's the the frozen Cinderella. She woke up. She's She's living her life. She's been given a second chance. She's gonna live it, damn it. And she does it. And and yeah. and I Daniela Pineda really, really for me added a lot of believability to a character that I mean, if you go back and listen to Sudden But Inevitable season two, Ricky and Josh have trouble liking Faye because <laughs> she's so like manipulative and 
let's be honest, pretty. So, like, <laughs> to have Josh be enjoying this character is a big leap forward. As soon as Ricky D is done with his space shower and jumps into the chat with us live, <laughs> I'll ask him what he thinks of Daniela Pineda's face. Ricky face. D showers? Really? But right now, ooh, that was low. That was low. <laughs> right now, I'm going to ask my friend Robert from the Science Fiction Remnant podcast, what did you think of Daniela Pineda's Faye? I can tell you it's very refreshing. I like the attitude. It, it, not, you know, just turn it all up to 100% of like, I don't care and I'm going to do it. Yeah. It, it just, it is refreshing and it's amazing. Uh, to me, it's, it, it might not necessarily be what I'm used to, just like we we're kind of talking about it. And at the beginning, I had a little reservation. But once I finished that episode and I saw that, it's like, huh, I like this. I, I really like the, the, how they just, it's like the fate that I know on steroids. Yeah. It's just, it's amazing. I love it. I love it. I think it's the fate that we actually, like, deserve. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, and especially, <laughs> especially as adults. Like, I don't. I don't want some eh, little girl like, you know, just being a helpless damsel in distress or whatever. Like I don't I want that. I want I want my Faye to be a badass and to be kicking ass. And she does that. And then she shows that with her introduction with with that fight with uh, Spike. Like they they went toe to toe and it was it was tight. Well, I feel like that's almost why they put her in the first episode with Katarina, because it was like here's a mostly helpless character, right? By design. Katarina's always a victim of her circumstances. I mean, she she chose to live with a criminal, et cetera. I, I don't know their whole story. Um, no judgment. Do you do it's you. It's their relationship. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I like that they gave, like, this, they gave three lines of backstory to Katarina, and it made her, it, it made an easy uh, introduction for Faye, it made it make sense why somebody would be after her. They just went, oh, she's Katarina Montgomery. You don't need to know who the other Montgomery they mentioned is. You now know that she has a last name, which means somebody could be looking for her, right? And Montgomery's and pretty goes, sophisticated, right? That You kind of look back that's at- That's a like, long you know, last name. It implies Kentucky, money. Kentucky, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> moonshiner Montgomery. You know what I mean? <laughs> space Kentucky, but yeah. And 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 she, she all she has to do is go, She, you know, daddy wants you home. And it's like, cool. That's the whole story right there. We know why Faye is after her. We know why there are conflicting interests. We've got the whole thing. Very smooth way to handle introducing a character people were not expecting until a couple of episodes later. I really like that. Um, I've heard a lot of complaints about the wigs on this show, and I think I have a confession to make, you guys. I can't see wigs, like, on television. Like, I can't, I can't tell when people are wearing wigs at all, 100%. Like... Josh, you've seen Star Trek The Next Generation, for example. I know Robert has seen it, but... So, Gates McFadden, Dr. Crusher, is wearing a redhead wig the entire series, right? I didn't know that until, like, probably three years ago. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm I'm a little bit ashamed to admit it, but part of what we do here at Sudden But Inevitable is we be very honest with our audience, right? I can't see wigs, and that's a, that's a thing I can't do. Were there any wigs in this show that you guys were like, oh, that's a bad wig, or like, 
anything like that? Because like the one complaint that I have had, my personal one complaint that I've had so far in the first episode is that sometimes Jet's beard looks a little fakey. And I eventually came up with a couple of reasons where I was like, oh, that might actually be a choice that they made on purpose. Um, And I I can't really verify them because I think they're based on some season two stuff. But... (laughs) Was there anything that you guys saw, like, with the hair or the costumes or the makeup or anything? Robert, let's start with you, where you were like, oh, that's poorly done. Because I didn't see any of that stuff. It's myself. really interesting that you say that, because I'm, I'm like you. I can't tell wigs. I mean, I know people, oh, can you tell that they were? No, can't see it. Don't, don't. I, I tried. I, I just can't recognize it. Uh, <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, oh! I'm sorry, Robert. I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I just yeah, have yeah, to... Yeah, yeah. Suddenly, but inevitably introduce, ladies and gentlemen, and vampires in the chat and in podcast land, we have the person with us that we cannot do this show without. It is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I had a long, long day driving all over the mountains, uh, oh, man. dealing with traffic and all kinds of fun stuff, but I am here now. I've been watching you guys. Well, I've been kind of driving around and finishing up, so. Oh, man. We appreciate the boost in viewership, Ricky D, and I can hear in your voice that it has been a week of Mondays, my friend. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Definitely. That is rough. My friend, Sincera, wants to know, how was your shower bath shower? Have you tried it yet? I do know two people that have tried the shower bath shower in real life. They report it to be amazing. I have not shower bath showered. I, uh, I'm more of a six-minute shower kind of guy. So I would probably do well on the ship. Um, don't take this in a weird way, but you're a dad in the shower. You're all yes. about efficiency and time and yeah, got it. Okay. So um, our very, very wonderful live chat continues to get more beautiful by the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our friend Philip Krogmeyer in the live chat. Ricky's Woo! back. Ricky's back, ladies and gentlemen, and there's going to be trouble. Ricky D, I promise I will give you a moment, but our friend Robert was just about to say something. Uh, I believe you were somewhere along the lines of you can't see wigs either, Robert. You, you're wig blind, much as I am. Yeah, that that is a perfect you know, thank you for saying that. I am definitely wig blind. I mean, I can tell them in real life, but when you watch a movie or a TV show, I, I just can't see them. Um, now, that being said, um, I think the beer, Jet's beer, was done intentionally because every time I saw it, although I see, I can tell that that couldn't be real, it's, it's kind of obvious. I don't know if you noticed this, but I... I can't help to think there was intentionally to make him look as close to the anime as possible. Yeah. I definitely think that that's why they did it. And the the thing that I noticed about it was just like, it doesn't look like his, what I think his natural hair looks like to be fair. He's bald. So it's like, I, I can't really tell you. Um, but Ricky D what we're talking about in case you missed the first part was that I can't see wigs in television productions. Um, like, like the political group? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Oh, I, Ricky, it's good to have you back on the show. That's a, that's a deep cut for sudden but inevitable, right. ladies and gentlemen. I'm back. Welcome to the show, Ricky D. Um, so yes. Game of Thrones, for example, um, Emilia Clark wore the platinum blonde wig the entire time to play Daenerys, right? I couldn't tell that was a wig. Like, 
Um, so I've seen what we're saying is we've seen people complain about some of the wigs and some of the prosthetic work on this show, but I haven't mm. seen anything that I didn't like. Were there any details in the first episode that you felt were like sloppy or not well executed? Uh, nothing is standing out. Everything looked really good. It was all crisp. It all, I heard you guys talking earlier about how it looks like an anime. It's a live action anime and it really is. They take time to like, they dutch the camera just a little bit and they, ang- they shoot with a point of view, a perspective that just, it makes everything look like a panel in a comic book. And yeah. I also think they do it better than it has been done before. This is like the Watchmen movie. They tried to do that, but it it wasn't quite there. And here in Cowboy Bebop, they're doing an incredible job. I really appreciate that point, actually, because... So I think the first time that I saw somebody go, you know what, I'm just going to actually do panels, was the 2008 Hulk movie, where they had showed like some concurrent action from different angles, and maybe even sometimes it was different scenes, right? I like that movie. And I remember going... Well, I remember going like... Oh, okay. I like it. I can see why most people wouldn't, but I like that. Like, you know, I'm a huge geek. I'm in, I'm in, into that. I could see where other people go. That's incredibly jarring, and it looks like a cartoon. Um, to me, this looks like a live action anime. It doesn't look like a cartoon. It doesn't look like a an approximation of a cartoon in live action to me. If that makes any sense, I, I, it's really difficult for me to explain it. But I think Ricky got it down with the angles and the color saturation and just the shadow work. It's it's so noir. Bebop has so much noir in its blood, and it translated really well back into live action, I feel. Oh, speaking of noir, they did a wonderful job with the flashbacks. Seeing those different oh, yeah. black and white flashbacks that, like, yeah, I remember talking about that in episode one or two. Whenever, episode like, one. Just yeah. loving, like, wanting to see more of that. And it did the same thing in in this episode. When I watched it, I was like, oh, my God, I want to see what happens now. Because obviously (laughs) this whole episode is different. This whole season is going to be different. So that flashback has got to be different, right? Boy, was it. And and it was it was really cool to get to get that in in this first episode and to kind of get that um, nostalgia feeling. You know what I mean? Which kind of blows my mind, okay? because. You saw the original Cowboy Bebop for the first time, like, six months ago. Like, it's true. That's crazy to me. Like, it, and 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 it means the world to me that at the end of that experience, you and Ricky both went, "Oh, let's just cover Cowboy Bebop then," because, <laughs> like, we went through a whole thing, Ricky, about how we may have jinxed the series and we feel terrible. Um, but like, it it. it when you both were like, yes, let's totally do that. It, I like, I got really excited and like teared up a little bit. Cause I was like, <laughs> they, okay. Spoiler alert. This is the first show for sudden, but inevitable that Josh and Ricky have been excited to talk about going into it <laughs> because up till now, the point of our show has been to get them to like things. I don't know if they will like. So I am in, I'm on cloud nine. And this is also why we're going to have to bring on guests that disagree with us this season, because Otherwise, it's just going to be this the whole time. Now, since this Gushing. episode is this the whole, time, and the whole yeah. time, the whole time, yeah, I'm. You know what? I'm. F- even if it is that, which I don't think it is, but even if somebody hears us and thinks that, I'm fine with that. And do you know why? Because there is so freaking much negativity about this series Absolutely. already 
it's like you know what if there's gonna be an unabashed like fanboy like shill show right whatever that's us i don't care yeah call us that we'll be that show because i love this show and i am i i'm going to be pushing that petition on you again the 1-800 number is at the bottom of your screen (laughs) a donation from a viewer like you can really help us again totally kidding now you guys it's only been an hour but i feel like i've been talking for three which that's not good here i mean no 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 i mean it just it happens here right um you got me at the start of my caffeinated drink. I had a long week as well. We love this show. We're mad at the people that don't love this show. Like, this is the right energy for Sudden But Inevitable. So, I'm going to ask a question, and then I'm going to step back. I'm going to attempt. I really am going to attempt to step back. If, Josh, I know that your favorite piece of the music here was the harmonica. Okay? And we're going to give the caveat that your favorite yeah. piece can't be Tank, the opening theme song. Well, I, if, I, I got to choose something different because obviously the right. opening theme song is the best. But like, right. as right. far as, you know, in each different episode, I want to see, you know, yes. what else I got. So, Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. If you could pick out one part of the music from this episode that stands out to you, what would you pick? Uh, I would go near the end of the movie or near the end of the episode where Katarina and Asimov are kind of standing next to each other with their backs to each other. And it gave a really strong, like, Desperado vibe. The horn. Salma Hayek and uh, Antonio, Antonio Banderas. Uh, yeah, it gave that vibe really strongly. And then they just had, like, the horns flare up. Ugh. And uh, it was just a really good, really strong. It it gave those characters strength in that moment. Yeah. I, stand up. I was almost waiting to hear that track i think it's from once upon a time in mexico where they go hey pistolero and then somebody pulls out a gun and starts shooting people like i was like i'm so down for this right now like i had the biggest dumbest grin on my face with the space aeropuerto shootout like that was the most like i i felt like a little kid you guys i was like this is different but in exactly the right way and i just i i loved it so robert Noting, knowing that you can't pick Tank, the theme song, and Ricky D has claimed the horns from the Space Aeropuerto, if you had to pick a piece of music from this episode, what would you pick? Oh, I, I can't remember the name of that song, but it has to be the one when he's coming out of the elevator. I dug that song. I actually have that might be able to on my it. car and play it all Ooh. the time. Does that do you play it like on your way to work? Like to get into the mode of work? Like I'm sometimes I go song. out and I have the whole album in there and I just pick that song and I just blast it. But that's I so God, sweet. I wish I can remember the name and I play it all the time. When I heard it, and that's what I'm saying, when I saw that episode, the first song you know he's hearing on his you know you can't barely hear it because they make it like he's hearing on his on his headphones but i was like oh my god that's a song that's my favorite song yeah i that one and the um the music cue when they show you the syndicate tower which is the exact music from the anime right it's like that like imposing chord or whatever it is um those were just musically like i said i've seen this episode without even looking at it i've just listened to it before but musically 
I don't know how you get to the end of this episode and go, eh, this isn't for me. Like, I just don't, like, even if you don't have a point of reference for Cowboy Bebop, right? Like, how is there not enough here that you're just like, I just would like to see some more of that? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand it. And and like I said, we'll get guests that'll probably attempt to explain it to me. Um, but I just, I, I specifically, I think the music is is just masterfully used throughout there is music from the series there's music from the movie there are original pieces like literal remixes of the original tracks and it's all the seatbelts they brought yoko kano and the seatbelts back to do the music and that's part of why it's amazing and that band is the house band at the bar okay like they're on the stage kicking they're on the the name of the song Oh, I was like, no, that's the seatbelts. But yes, Kicking Colt is the name <laughs> of the song. Um, found it. Yeah, found they're, it. The, they're the house band. And it's like, I just, there's there's so much to talk about with this series. I promise you I'm trying to focus on this first episode. Robert, what did you think of the translation of Red Eye from anime to real life? It was close enough. It was close enough. I, I Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the, there are differences, but there will always be differences. And and I I like it. I don't have no complaints. I wish that I would have brought up, like, uh, comparison shots, you know, like from the mm-hmm. anime and the like. I, I want to try and do that for future episodes just to kind of, like, show that, that like, when he first injects the, the red eye, it's very, very similar to when he does it in the anime. And and there are so many shots like that that were so great. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just I, I, no, you're good. I, I feel like that that would be a, a really fun like just to kind of show those those comparisons because it was it was very close to what the original anime did. Yeah, no, I it, remember. It, it, I'm sorry, I was gonna I was gonna add to that. In the anime, you see how he never gets shot. You know, he's like a superhuman. So when I saw that, and and I can see how some people might complain that you know they they make him maybe make him look weaker but the thing is it makes it more realistic yeah I, in my in, in my eyes when i saw that i was like yes a hundred percent and i feel like that's why they made the choice to instead of have having somebody put a gun like basically in his forehead and then having him dodge it from like yeah. three feet they just had that guy freak out that he hadn't been killed yet and run away so it's like <laughs> That actually fits, right? Like, because they shot him several times and he just beasted it and kept going. I, yeah, we've, we talked about the bar scene in particular on our bonus episode, um, where we talked about the first two episodes in combination, but I, we have to talk about it again. It's just so well done. I love the bartender. I love the bartender. She's so perfect. She's making people drink, even though she thinks they might be pregnant. She's no, that was Jet that was different pay. from from the anime. It was flipped yep. because I think exactly. in the anime didn't didn't she say she wasn't drinking and she was like, okay, cool. The bartender said, okay, cool. And then in this one, she was like, ah, I think you need some tequila. So in the anime, she goes, give me a drink, and the okay. bartender is like kind of makes a face and then gives her a drink and you're like isn't she pregnant but in this she's like you should drink and she's like i am pregnant and it's like it's the same thing but in in a in a different way exactly so i just but that bartender i love that she does all that and then she uh extorts jet to give him information she's just like (laughs) um well you know (laughs) and it just 
I don't know, the toning all the way through. Um, our friend Angelus in the chat says, Jesse, I don't want to detract from the main topic, but I'm seeing a lot of parallels between both Alita and Bebop and the fandoms themselves. That is a good thing, Angelus, because I think both fandoms could use more allies and more, I don't want to call us evangelists, proponents. Let's call ourselves proponents. And, and Cultists. I mean, that's probably yeah. closer to accurate. <laughs> uh, but I mean, let's do it. Let's get people on both of these things forever and anon. I am so ready for that. And we have a good group of people here to do that with us. We've got Phil, we've got Sincera, we've got Angelus, we've got Callie in the chat, we've got Rona in the chat. I just, I love all the people around us. We've got Robert, we've got Ricky D, we've got Josh. We have so many podcasting friends in the podcast world, so many sci-fi friends, you guys. I love making Sudden But Inevitable. I just said love making. Now, moving right along. (laughs) I think I'm going to give everybody their chance to say, we have to talk about this thing, and then we should start up our segments. So let's start with our friend Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D since he probably has some say, he's, ground he's to make some, up. some things to talk about down there. Cause, uh, well, and gone. part of it is going to be that, you know, he may repeat some stuff because he didn't get to watch the whole thing and that's okay. I feel like we should give Ricky D the space to do that. So what do you think is the most important stuff to talk about from this episode that you haven't heard specifically yet, Ricky D? Well, I need a little bit of time so I get a chance to complain about all the stupid nerds that ruined this for us already. It got canceled a few days after it came out. Are you kidding me? What What were they expecting? Like, I think you like it, Ricky. I definitely enjoy the, sh- the show. And, you know, I went on record on the first on our Firefly podcast saying I don't want Firefly to come back. I don't want to spin off. I don't want an anime. I don't want any of that. However, if it did come back, I would try and come at it from a neutral place. Just because I don't want it now doesn't mean I'm going to automatically hate it if it comes to existence. And I feel like that's what happened with this show is everybody was hating on it before they even had a chance to really see anything. And they ruined such a good thing. And they ruined such a good thing so quickly. Yeah. I wonder if if it might be because of the track record. I mean, I can mention, you know, uh, The Last Airbender. (laughs) You know, I can mention so many things that they adapted that turned out to, you know, Dragon Ball. um, That that it's, I don't know. I wonder how much of that played into this whole thing. And how how much people were like, oh, they've done this before with other shows. Like, this is going to be terrible. I'm not even going to watch it. I'm going to go, you know bomb it on on rotten tomatoes just because like there, well, there was it was like it was like star wars there was a lot of people going and just bombing um i think yeah. it was solo they just went and rated it really low like because they didn't last like jedi. last jedi or whatever like but they had never seen the movie like i know that there was a lot of controversy there and i think it's kind of the same thing here where it's people are like oh i'm not even gonna watch it i just know it's gonna be terrible i'm and i'm not gonna make my yeah. own opinion i'm just gonna go you know, rate bomb it and and screw it out of existence, which I think is very that's, unfair. Well, and that's the part that upsets me is that Netflix in three weeks went, well, n- not enough people have started watching. It's like, it was in the top 10 of the viewing for all three like of the weeks month. that it existed. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then, and then as soon as they canceled it, I will say it did mysteriously disappear 
from the front page of my Netflix, by the way. I had to go find it and add it to my list so that it would stay at the top. Well, and I'm like, don't, don't you think people really? just stopped caring? Once you once you hear that it's canceled, people are like, oh, well, why would I invest yeah. my time in it now? But like, you shouldn't then say, now the show doesn't exist. Like, right. all of the effort still went into it, still show it to people and still act like it's a product that you're proud of. Like, right. I, I just feel like, I feel like it was done dirty on every angle. Like the the audience was pissy about it, and now Netflix is being pissy about it. Like <laughs> it just, I feel everyone is being. Kind of reminds me of guys. another show that got done kind of dirty. I don't know what was that called. Oh, Firefly. That's right. Man, I just it's like, <laughs> and you know there is some kind of poetic balance there, right? I'm sure, but it's just like I I'm I'm so mad at at audiences. Like I. I never, I almost never agree with them. And then when a good thing comes along, they're like, eh, I don't like this. So it's, I just, I don't know. Audiences, get your stuff together, audiences. <laughs> okay. Ricky D, is there anything else that you feel like you have to address before we jump into our segments with our guest? I'll give everybody else their chance, but if there's anything else you feel like you have to do, now is your shot. Well, I have to make everybody listening to the sound of my voice remember about John Cho's sweaty abs when he was working out. Uh, that yeah. was really hard not to choose as my shot of the show. <laughs> he was looking fly. He was looking yeah. real good. Like I was like, kind of like, oh man, I should maybe I should start working out a little bit. Like he's he's way older than me and looks like way better than me. <laughs> I'd get some hand to hand combat with him. Mm. Well, and mm-hmm. we did make so the point the the way that we had phrased it, Ricky was, um, get out of my face if you're telling me you think he looks old because oh, yeah. he does not. You can't tell how old he is by looking at him at all. No. Like it just doesn't I know that he is a certain age because I've been watching him in movies for a certain number of years, but I can't tell by looking at him, like by any stretch, honestly. So yeah, that's actually a that's a good point to bring up. Um just like the point that our friend Phil brought up on Facebook Live, he says, audiences, who needs them? And, uh, of course, the answer to that is us. So go <laughs> look for Sudden But Inevitable wherever you download your podcasts or go to facebook.com slash twistmyarmpodcast or go to youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast to join us live in the chat every Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time, my friends. Gosh, and thank uh, you guys Josh. all so much for hanging out with us in the live chat. This has been awesome. Yeah. I think this is some of the most interaction we've gotten in the live chat in a long time, and this is wonderful. <laughs> I love it. It's it's almost difficult to keep up with the live <laughs> yeah. chat, which is... <laughs> really cool. Um, uh, Ricky D, did you have uh, more points to add to that before we move to Josh's points? I, like I said, I know that some of it is just yeah. going to be you weren't here for part of it, but we, we don't hold that against you. We're just happy to have you with. Yeah, uh, just one other thing. Uh, I know I was ragging on Faye in the anime series. I've been a lot of talking about not liking her. Uh, in this live action one, there's something about her dialogue that's really quippy, and she's already ahead of Spike or anybody else who she's talking to. So she has a better understanding of the situation than they do. And she just kind of jokes about the things that they're about the directions that they're trying to take the conversation because she already knows what's going on. So I'm really digging Faye. I am so glad that you said that because we had actually wondered out loud how you might feel about that. Got to say good night to our friend Sincera. Have a good evening, my friend. Um, The thing about Faye that I know that you had a lot of resistance to other than her manipulative nature, et cetera, was how pretty that she is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Daniela Panetta is pretty good looking. So I'm really glad to see you looking past the surface level, even though it's like the opposite of the way that most people would ever have to do that. Um, I, I appreciate the growth, I guess is what I'm saying. 
so let's go ahead and move to our guest for the evening, Robert from the Science Fiction Remnant podcast. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you feel like must be brought up before we get to our segments? No, I think I, I pretty much cover it. And uh, I, I would have to say, though, um, I, I feel the love on your show. And I, I want to say thank you to the audience as well. Um, they always make me feel very welcome. Thank you so much. It's it's true. That's uh, not the first time that we've heard that from guests here at Sudden But Inevitable. And I got to say, I think that is one of the things that I love the most about our show is that when people come here to our show, which is, it really is a show about found family. I mean, most of the shows that we talk about on our show, I'm going to keep saying show, most of the television programs that we talk about on our podcast happen to be about found family, but in a really cool, fun way, our podcast ended up being about that too in real life. Um, Josh and I have known each other since literally the first day of first grade. Um, he and Ricky and I all went to high school together and then we didn't see each other for several years. And then Ricky showed up in a live chat for quest me. And here we are. We met Robert last year talking about sci-fi, like talk about found family. This is found family. All the people in our chat are found family. These people have been supporting us for a year straight. I mean, it's, I, I thank you very much for bringing that up, Robert, because, the love is kind of what makes SBI SBI. Josh, my friend, is there anything you feel like we must discuss before we get to our I, weekly segments? Just to, just to kind of further that point, like it's it's wonderful, like seeing things, seeing you guys in the chat, like, hey, you know, you guys just talking to each other in the chat is so awesome. Because, right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like in in a way, like we all kind of did that, and that's really freaking cool, and. And you guys are all like my found family. You know, I've I've been tested a lot in the last five months as far as like my life and stuff. And there's one thing that's been that's been solid and one thing that has been true, and that's this family that I have and the Twist My Arm Network and Sudden But Inevitable and you guys that watch. Like it's it's been amazing. Like the people that have reached out and and said things and stuff. And I, I can't thank you guys enough for being a part of not only our podcast but our lives because it's it's wonderful and i and i love doing this and i love coming here every friday and being like hey guys it's so nice to see you my week sucked but it's fine because we're here now so i i just i'm so excited for this season and and to talk with you guys about you know cowboy bebop again but in a in a remix fashion you know and yeah it's it's just i don't know it, it it tickles my heart so thank you guys so much I think that is an excellent, excellent spot for us to move into our first of two-ish segments Two this week, which we like to call, of course, Shot of the Show. Shot of the Show, as you know, is where we share our favorite visual moments from this week's episodes, moments that are now living rent-free in our heads. I think the only way to do this properly would be to invite our guest, Robert, to go first. Josh, if you wouldn't mind bringing up Robert's selection and giving us the time code for that, and then, Robert, you can talk about this shot. Actually, I have two us. different shots because I couldn't tell which one you wanted, Robert, so I'm going to throw this one out there. Was it <laughs> this one or was it this one? A that, or B? That one. Okay. <laughs> Netflix's time codes are very uh, imprecise. They don't Weird. split seconds yeah. easily. So it's yeah. it's a thing that we have to calibrate. Uh, so give us the time code, Josh, and then Robert, I, I go don't, ahead. I don't remember the time code, but I'll find it. We'll though. put that in in post. Robert, go ahead. 
Yeah, that that um, and it, you know, I understand what you say. This is uh, the the time codes are, are a little the 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 shot that I was actually looking at is when they're both looking front, but this is you know close enough. Um, this shot, no, it, it, it the other one, the other one is the closest one. Yeah, that one. Um, it's it just gives me it, it gave me goosebumps. Uh, this is the first time that I see them. Uh, it, I don't even know how to explain it. I just got, um, I, I love the show so much and, and see them together collaborating and into and, and the, you know, the first um, bounty of the, of the show, which bas basically happened on the anime too, where they're going after um, Asimov. And um, it's just, I just got goosebumps and, and it's just, it's in my head that scene you know yeah it, it it like you said you said it perfectly it runs free <laughs> look at that josh can you pull us off the screen real quick for a moment look at the apple 2e monitor right there oh yeah in between <laughs> and in jet that's great that is an old computer ladies and gentlemen uh so yes i i have to agree with you 100 percent, robert um josh give me that time code one more time so that i can say it out loud my friend that is 23 minutes and 18 seconds if you're watching along at home. The thing about this shot, like you said, it, this whole first episode, I think, really reestablished Jet and Spike's relationship for us, right? They're both macho. They don't tell each other that they care about each other, but they totally do. I mean, they're bros. They're total bros. The whole series, they're total bros, and they just don't talk about it, which is great, because that's how bros are. Am I right, bros? Cool. Romantic. So... <laughs> Excellent, excellent pick. Um, let's have uh, Ricky D's shot up next, I believe. Uh, Josh, do you have the time code block for yes. that one? Yes, this one is at uh, 1824, and it is this bad boy right here. Yeah, uh, this is right after Asimov took the red eye, and he kills all those syndicate guys that are coming after him. And I liked this shot in particular because it reminds me of a whole bunch of different video games. Uh, uh, in particular, I know for sure Bioshock, when you like acquire your powers, you like put your hands Ooh. up in front of the screen and their hands like start bursting with flames. And Bioshock is the only game I can think of that does that, but I know it's a trope from many other games. And I just thought that was kind of a cool reminiscent thing. He's, he's feeling this extreme power coursing through his veins and that's a cool, good way to display it injecting the plasmids yeah I, I i don't know the 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 line of i just mainlined god that's a little cheesy yeah. but it's I love the it, exact though. flavor of <laughs> yeah. cheese that i want like yeah it's pour it on i don't care melt that american cheese put it on my food where it does not belong i am ready for it like everything about it and yes i i love that pick ricky d because it gives you that that's the kind of shot you wouldn't usually see in a live action show, right? Like a true POV looking down at your hands, like I'm disoriented style shot. I mean, unless somebody was like, for example, on a lot of crazy drugs and I just, it, it just, it fits so good. And it, it, it matches the POV freneticism of that part of the anime episode. All right. I believe Josh, let's go with you. I'm willing to go last for this segment. What is your shot of the show? My friend. So mine is at the 41 minute and 27 second mark. Um, it's just, I just love this kind of first interaction. It's not the first interaction, but first main interaction with, with Jet and Faye, where she kind of just saved his life. And he's like, wait a minute, is that my gun? 
<laughs> she <laughs> just gets so upset that she's using his gun to save his life. I I love that because that dynamic just continues through the whole series. And it's it's a great first like introduction to those two characters. Well, she has that like, oh, right. I'm you technically <laughs> captured me. Like look on her face when she hands it back, like, please don't shoot me with this gun. <laughs> yeah. Um I yeah, it's it's the the that paternal thing that Jet has with the crew, right? Mm-hmm. It 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 gets established right here. For, for this series for us because he doesn't have any other interaction with Faye. So this is the moment where he establishes the paternal tone of like, I can, I can just sort of give you orders because I'm bigger than you and you're sort of on my ship. So, and then it works out. Right. And I just, yeah, I, I, I like that they quickly establish the dynamics that we are used to. I am interested to speak with somebody who's never seen the anime before. And we have those kinds of guests coming up. I'm interested to see how they read these first couple episodes. Cause they're very reference heavy. Right. Um, so, all right, let's move to my shot, which you, I believe have the time code for as well. Yes. That is going to be at 13 minutes. Exactly. Oh my word. The translation here of the one of the more sci-fi aspects of Cowboy Bebop, right? The gate system. This is one of those things that is constantly in the background of the original series. It's something that we see a little bit. We see enough of it to get familiar with it. Um, we see some of their hyperspace. You know, we get a lesson on how hyperspace matter works, this, that, and the other thing. For me, this is the exact translation. They have the gates with the little like calibration notches on the top that are angled slightly differently per gate. It's, it's just exact. This is how it should be. And the other thing that this shot reminds me of actually, and I'm not just saying this cause Robert is here, but it's space sweepers. There were so many shots in space sweepers exactly like this. And I think that's why if you go listen to our Space Sweepers episode, you'll hear us go, this is live action Cowboy Bebop. We're so ready for this movie. <laughs> and and this this moment really drove that home for me. So that's why I picked these gates. Now, our next segment, you will be familiar with. We're going to rename it this season after the name that we have been using for our little movie bonus season where we were talking about all kinds of cool movies. And of course, the name of this segment, my friends, is No Finer One Liner. No finer one-liner, in case you can't tell, is where we share our favorite moments of dialogue from this week's episode. I just got to point out really quickly, our friend Callie says, yes, Space Sweepers. I've been watching that a lot since you guys covered it. It has been on my list in rotation, Callie D, so you are in good company, my friend. Let's stick with the pattern. Let's have our friend Robert and guest go first. Robert, what was your, or Josh, if you wouldn't mind playing Robert's selection for No Finer One-Liner, and then Robert will have you discuss it. Just to be clear... We don't get paid if we bring him in dead, but damage is okay? I'd say very badly damaged would be A-okay. Huh? It doesn't matter how many times I hear it is. <laughs> the grunting really sells that. The guy that's just grunting in pain. This is, and again, I guess you can tell why I picked that based on my shot of the show. Um, the bromance. The, the, the... The interaction, it, it is so, so awesome. And and we see that from the get-go. That is the very first, um, you know, Broman's scene that we see. And he sold me into the entire show. 
it, it's I also I have to say the cop in that scene his his mug says I drink coffee for your protection <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like <laughs> it's those little details it's things like that it's it's them talking about the guy that they're about to punch you know justifying punching him right before they do it yeah it's I love the bromance excellent excellent pick Callie D in the chat agrees with you let's stick with the same pattern Ricky D let's uh, Josh let's play Ricky D's selection next this is difficult wow those are some real pretty words there cowboy does that shit work on all the girls you yeah you can kindly fuck off it's nothing personal but your mark's coming with me look i don't know what you're trying to pull but i was here first he's mine the boyfriend i don't give a shit about him i'm after her what one if you don't get that gun off of me i'm gonna make you eat it and two why the hell would anyone care about her there's no bounty on her oh i care about her because ellis montgomery does so pack up your bags princess because daddy wants you home no wait no 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 She's Katarina Montgomery? She's Katarina Montgomery. Please. Oh me. I can't go back there. <laughs> I know. But a whole lot of money says otherwise. You don't. So I know that was supposed to be a one-liner, and it got a little bit longer. But uh, just like I was saying earlier about Faye and her dialogue, she's already super aware of the entire situation. She knows more than Spike does about what's going on there. And she's just kind of toying with him in that dialogue. Where it's like, no, he's coming with me. Well, I was here first. Well, you don't even know what's going on. So cool your jets, bud. And I love that she, that doesn't replace her backstory, right? It's not like, oh, now she's totally with it. It's like, she's good enough at being present in the moment to handle herself, but she still doesn't know her past and she still is lost and has, you know, real emotions about that. Spoiler alert, we'll get there. But that's an excellent pick, Ricky. For, and for that reason, I think, because it does show the contrast between the anime and the live action version of her. And I I gotta say, I'm not surprised. I don't think that you like the live action version of her better. Um, I might be, I might be able to be convinced of that myself, but I do love the original Faye. I really do. Cause I'm, you know, a nerd. Uh, Josh, my friend, your selection, if you will. You're the one who's always saying that we got to live by rules. And the rule is when it comes to the syndicate, we walk away. Right? Suddenly you give a shit about the rules. No, that's... Right when I need the dough to buy my daughter a birthday present? Jet. You don't want my daughter to have a birthday? I don't know what it is about just that last line. Like, that's me. That's me. Just coming to conclusions, <laughs> like, immediately. And me like, what? What do you mean? You don't, want, you don't want my daughter to have a birthday? Like, what the hell? Like, I related so much to Jet in that because he just kind of lost his cool really quick because he cares so much about his daughter. And and it's kind of clouding his judgment, you know, where Spike is like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying at all. What do you wait? What? <laughs> so it was just a, it was a it was a fun comedy line for me and a relatable line for me. Real quick point from Callie D. Jet is trying to straight up guilt trip Spike. I think that fits. <laughs> I think that fits with the uh, paternal tone that I mentioned on, on Jet <laughs> earlier. Uh, good, good pick. I, I yeah, he I'll be honest. I'm glad to hear you say that because that was sort of the same pro thought process I had. I was like, "Oh, that I've seen Josh do that. I love this. This is yeah. beautiful, and that's 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 an amazing thing." Um, if you wouldn't mind, Josh, throw up that last selection. Finally, hey, uh, super cool accommodations. Uh, but do you think you could handcuff me to an even bigger, more disgusting toilet? Because that'd be great. Who are you supposed to be? Jet Black. Meet Faye Valentine. Hey. Fuck you! 
Because this is the part of her that is like the anime fae. She is willing to draw the lines, call the shots, and be the way that will get everybody upset. And then immediately go, whoa, hey, let's not just be irrational, right? Like, let's let's calm down. Like, she steals their bounty the first time that she meets them, like their pay for the bounty. And then the next time she sees them, she's like, hey, can I ask a favor? Like, she knows, right? So... I just feel like this really encapsulates the part of this character that is original and it is remixed in such a beautiful foul mouthed package. Like the tone and the energy coming off of Daniela Pineda is kind of, I mean, it could carry me for the whole series if it had to, it doesn't have to, but it totally could. I, I really honestly believe that I, that it could. I just, I really love that. And the introduction of the way that she says, who are you supposed to be? That's kind of meta, right? Like, what am I looking at here? I'm looking at a Cowboy Bebop cosplay. I'm looking at an adaptation. I'm looking at a remix, and I'm loving it. Spoiler alert. I'm in love with this show. Our friend Philip K. in the chat says, it's all phenomenally well done, and I must agree. It truly is. Now, that is going to do it for our weekly segments, my friends. I think that might be a record for the fastest we've ever gotten through our weekly no, segments. Are we not going to... Don't we rate it? Well, we are going to rate it. Okay, okay. But I, I figured I, that I just, was kind of a segment. Is that not a segment? Yeah. That's why I said two I and a half. I think where we landed... <laughs> right. I think where we landed was that it is a segment, but it doesn't have a bumper, so it doesn't feel like a segment. Rating, uh, rating, re, 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 remix rating. <laughs> um, There's a bumper. Uh Action item, we will make a bumper for that, and it won't be that. And we will go forward from there. Uh, we do like to rate our episodes out of 10 here at Sudden But Inevitable. And I I have a thing where I generally rate on emotion over like objective quality, so I will go last. And because we do have a guest this week, let's allow our wonderful guest, Robert, from the Science Fiction Remnant podcast to go first. Robert, give us your rating out of 10 for this week's episode, Cowboy Gospel. There's there's only one possible for me. It's a ten. Do it. Yeah. It's a ten. Sorry. Is it just a flat ten? Do you have any reasoning you'd like to throw behind that, or are you just staunchly it is a ten? Period. Well, I'm I'm not claiming that you know. It just like you said, it's it's not perfect. Um, you know, there's a couple of things, but it all plays well together for me, and it, it's just amazing. So for me, is is definitely a ten. Um, I feel like I'm watching the anime, and, and 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 I'm getting new things that I did not get before, and I love that. I agree, and I think that that's a good way to put it because it it does feel like the anime enough to go, oh, these are connected. But it's also different enough to where, if for some reason in your head you need to separate them to be happy then go ahead and do that. But still don't be a jerk about this series. And 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 give us a second season, please. Okay. I, I like it. I like it. I feel please like God, you're a man a after my season. own heart. I like <laughs> so uh, let's go Ricky D. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Give me your rating out of 10 this week, my friend. Yeah, I'm going a little bit lower, but still pretty high up there. I'm going 8 out of 10. Uh, it was a great introduction, bringing us back into the Cowboy Bebop world. Uh, it had a lot of it was great dialogue. It was amazing action. That whole casino scene was great. It started out with Spike kicking a quarter into some dude's head. 
Absolutely. Eight out of 10. This was amazing. I love it. And it was just like, he didn't need to do that, but he did. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. I just have to agree with Ricky. Eight out of 10. And I think I agree in a different way. And I'm doing this with Quest Me too, because I've been rating Quest Me a little bit lower because I, I feel like it can get better. And so I'm rating this down at an eight because I know, well, I mean, I've seen the whole series, but I feel like there are episodes that are going to be 11s out of 10s, you know, 10 out of 10s. And, and I have to take the first episode and, and really, I can't set that mark so high right away because I know that there's probably going to be some episodes that are sixes too, whatever. But like, this is just, it was a great introduction to every single character um, Spike, Jet, Faye, Vicious, um, whatever the girl's name is. I always forget her name. Katarina Montgomery. No, um, the other one. The, Julia? The, oh, Julia. Julia, thank you. <laughs> Gosh, okay. If you guys watch this show, you know that I am terrible with names. <laughs> so, but again, great introductions to, to everything. I mean, the syndicate, you get a little bit of a look into the syndicate. You You get a little bit of a look into the cowboy life. And it's just... It was, it was a great introduction, but I know that it can be better. I know that there are episodes that are just going to make me get steamy in my pants. I could have lived without that phrasing. What I was going to say was um, <laughs> I feel like they managed to make the, the line about Tears of Scarlet fit a little better um, in the live action than they did in the anime. Uh, it sure showed up a lot sooner. I mean, yeah, way different. Um but I feel like it made a little bit more sense here uh, just because of, you know, the whole red eye thing and everything that was going on. So, um, and I hear you. I hear you, Josh. I hear where you're coming from. I I believe on the spreadsheet, I also put down eight out of 10 for this. Um, <coughs> I may, have, I may have put a nine, a nine out of 10. Okay. I think I put a nine out of 10 because I feel like it is, it accomplishes everything that it set out, that it sets out to do in my opinion. And as far as an introduction to a thing, I I was I like I said when we were watching this together we were texting each other I kept going dude dude like bebop omg dude yes please like it was there was nothing but elation and the pieces of it where I went I would have made a different decision were not even close to the kind of thing that make me go and therefore I'm not going to watch this or I enjoy it less now or it's poor quality it's just that I would have made a different decision now here's the other thing Nobody should give me control over something like this because I would not even be able to come close to what has been created here. This is a nearly perfect pilot for a space western. I can say that because I've watched a lot of space westerns with you guys, and there is proof of that. If you go watch the first episode of The Mandalorian, it gives you very little detail. It just lets you know this is a space western. Here we go. And that's enough. If you go watch the first episode, the actual first episode of Firefly basically the same thing it gives you a bunch of character details and it shows you the world and that's enough this is doing the same thing all the way around it explains the bounty system it shows how that works with the police it shows how space is it shows how our solar system is it's pretty nearly a perfect first episode um but i don't want to set the bar like you said i just don't want to set the bar there now i do appreciate where robert is coming from because if i was doing this purely on emotion it would be a 10 um because i'm doing it like four percent objectively it's a nine out of ten for me um i didn't do the math did anybody do the math on that i don't think we need to it's real jazzy and it's a high score <laughs> ten nine and two eights it'd be 35 That's... out of 40 
which would bring us at about a eighty-six percent, something like that. 86? Eighty-six, eighty-seven. I think I if my math, if, so if my math is right. I'm gonna trust you, my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, Vemper is in the chat listening in podcast land. This has just been a blast for me. I hope that you have had at least some modicum of fun. I would imagine that you have because it's been an hour and 40 minutes and you're all still here with us in the live chat. Callie, Phil, uh, Rona, I just, I, I, Sincera, you guys, I can't thank you enough. Angelus, thank you guys for being here. I, I, there's so many people every week that we have to thank. And I actually do a lot of that on Twitter. So if you have found yourself enjoying Sudden But Inevitable, Go follow me on Twitter at Sudden Butt. Follow me on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. You can get a look at our shots of the show. I put all of our upcoming guests there. Um, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff this season on both of those accounts. Definitely check that out. Ricky D, what have you got, my friend? Could I get a thank you for joining in the chat? Oh, um, you could. <clears throat> So if you have been enjoying us, I'm just playing, my friend. <laughs> Thanks, Ricky, Ricky D, for joining us in the chat. It was great no, to see no, you No, no, here's in there. the thing. Big shout out to Ricky D. <laughs> Thank you here's very much. Here's the thing about that. It actually did take dedication, right? Because, <laughs> yeah. because he was driving around. He was literally at work up until the last minute. I just, I, I think that is amazing. Uh, Angelus is here because of Robert. That's the kind of thing that we love. That's how we grow our found family, man. Thank you for coming here in support of Robert and spending some time with us and contributing to the conversation. You have made some excellent, excellent points, so thank you for being here. Yeah, We'll be and here next week, too. Come come hang out with we, us again. Like, it was great. We're like, kind of here every week. That's just sort of what we do. Um, but yeah, so we, we do have a website coming up. Josh is still working on the new version of the Twist My Arm podcast website, but it is on its way, so for now, follow the show at Sudden But time. on Twitter. Follow us at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast on Instagram. If you need to listen to us just search sudden but inevitable in anything we'll pop up we're there subscribe to the podcast listen to it download it rate it do all the cool things watch us on youtube do all the cool things we love you we appreciate you we have a lot of fun now we are in the process of wrapping this up so my friend robert our wonderful guest from the science fiction remnant podcast please tell the good folks out there what is the best way for them to listen to your show and what's the best way to get a hold of you out there on the internet well, you can follow me at Sci-Fi Remnant. Uh, you can, um, if you're looking for our podcast, season one is available, so you can binge it. Um, that is uh, Science Fiction Remnant in any podcast catcher that you have. Take your pick. And I would have to mention also that, you know, if you, lo if you love sci-fi, you know, as much as I do, as much as Jesse and everyone here does, um, I we'll invite you to follow hashtag this is sci-fi and and let's just join forces you know let, let's talk about you know bringing back season two for cowboy biba uh but you know let's let's join the conversation the uh, hashtag this is sci-fi yes i can totally back that up the hashtag this is sci-fi has put our show in touch with a lot of other cool shows and um we're doing like some cool, fun cross promotion, just just trying to get the sci-fi audience that we all are reaching for to watch some of the same stuff, right? Because that's always the goal is to reach the people. So uh, I definitely agree with that. And thank you, Robert, for mentioning that. Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. If the fine folks would like to get more than just 45 minutes of you in their life, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, you can find my podcast, Best Flicks with Ricky D., 
on Spotify, Apple Music, any of those uh, streaming platforms. And I'm also on Twitter at BestFlixRickyD. And uh, it's a new year. That means it's time to step up the podcasting game, learn a few new tricks, and I'm excited about what 2022 is going to bring. I dig that big time. I like that. Go follow Ricky D. You'll see me giving him a lot of snarky guff on Twitter because you may have noticed he and I have, uh, <clears throat> what's the word? Um, differing dispositions. Let's say it that way. Uh, Josh, my friend, if the wonderful people out there would like to get some more Josh in their days, how can they do that? You know, right now, my main focus is Quest Me. Um, you can find Quest Me on Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Just search for Quest Me. Um, it'll be a lot easier once the website is up too. Um, but uh, right now, I'm working on some new things. Like I, I am kind of in that new year, new me cliche at the moment. Um, Twist my arm has been officially retired. That podcast is not going to be going on anymore. I'm thinking of doing something different, but along kind of the same realms. It just kind of depends. Um, I am, like I said, quest me is going to be the, the best place to find me for the next eight weeks. So, <laughs> um, otherwise just, just be on the lookout for that website. Um, you follow me on Twitter at twist my and you'll get all my fun promotional things. And for the next nine weeks, of course, Josh will be here every Friday oh, yeah. on Sudden But Definitely. Inevitable with us. So the best way to watch that, the easiest way to watch that, is just go to youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. You know what? I've never got to say this before. Go ahead and hit subscribe. Either our live videos will pop up, and then you won't miss a video. How cool would that be? I, I just think that that would be cool. Philip Sm- Krogmeyer in our chat says... subscribe button. <laughs> Phil in the chat says, woo! So if that doesn't convince you... Uh, <laughs> I don't know what what will. That's that's a pretty heartfelt string of letters, my friends. Um, you guys, I I think that we have kicked off season three of Sudden but Inevitable in style. I think we've done it in a way that would make Spike and Jet and Faye, and let's be honest, Ed and Ein proud of us. I think I think that we're going to be able to pull off this cool remixed version of Sudden but Inevitable to cover this cool remixed version of Cowboy Bebop. For the sign-off this evening, my friends, let's go Robert, Ricky, Josh, and then myself. So, for Sudden But Inevitable, I have been Jesse. I am Robert. This is Ricky D from Best Flicks with Ricky D. Unmuted, and this is Josh. (laughs) See you, legally sanctioned space vigilante. Thank you for listening to Sudden But Inevitable. Follow us on Twitter at SuddenButt. Find us on Instagram at Sudden But Inevitable Podcast. And join the show live in the chat at youtube.com slash twistmyarmpodcast. Sudden But Inevitable is a Twist My Arm podcast. The views and opinions expressed on this show are held solely by those speaking them. <laughs>